0: So contrasting with how they treated me and my ex when I first joined to this, I was just kind of surprised. I was like, why, why are you guys telling me this? Like, why are you guys trying to control who I date and how I date? When he told me initially to suck it up because he didn't want to get between me and my ex. Like, I don't understand. And um, some of the things I read about cults was that they would always try to control you. Because my roommates, funny enough, they were re- watching a documentary about Nexium, and we were having a discussion about Nexium, and talking about how the control is very subtle over time, and that stuck with me in the back of my head. And so I was just kind of like, huh. So I, that's when I was like, okay, let me go ahead and reevaluate this group again and see if what they have is truly the highest truth because if they have the highest truth, it should withstand all scrutiny. Yep. And let's go ahead and start deep diving into the background and what Google has to say and like what other ex-members are saying because the fact that they had to tell me don't look them up is kind of a concern.
1: want to share at this point some of your story? Um, yeah, sure because I'm, I'm very interested to, to know how um, you seem obviously very intelligent and, and able you. to able to uh, and somebody who wants to do their research and wants to think things through. so it, it, it mm-hmm. is interesting to uh, to me to know how you ended up getting mixed up with this group in the first place.
0: Yeah, so my story was that I was recruited through... Well, she's now my ex-girlfriend, but they're my girlfriend. Uh-huh. Um, so what happened was this. Met her on a dating app, and a few months into our relationship, she's like, hey, do you want to join a Bible study? At the time, I was Christian. I was more agnostic. I wasn't really sure mm-hmm. of the Christ or anything like that. And in the video of me praising their doctrines, I'm like, yeah, you know, they convinced me of the Bible, stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. Anyways, so... Um, so we start out with just me, uh, my then girlfriend, and a teacher in a mall. And it's just the three of us, and I'll just go ahead and drop some dates. It's from August to about October. It's just the three of us. And I'm thinking to myself, the year 2018. I'm thinking to myself, okay, so they didn't really teach anything out of the ordinary, no real red flags. They kind of mm-hmm. did eventually kind of push you like, hey, what do these parables mean? You know, they were kind of selling me on that. Um, Nothing too bad. Um, I would ask them, like, okay, so what's the name of the ministry? I remember not really getting a direct answer, and I would just kind of drop it. Mm-hmm. so you know that was the first red flag but you know yeah. i was invited by my girlfriend and she seemed pretty excited so what's the worst that can happen right yeah <laughs> um yeah yeah no yeah. famous last yeah. words. <laughs> 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 so then um from october to it's a year-long class um they don't tell you that and it goes from once a week an hour to twice a week three hours and um so me and my girlfriend we go to an unmarked building and that's where the class is at because the teacher invites us to it. Um, so I was just kind of like, hey, this is kind of weird that it's in an unmarked dark building, but okay, whatever. And I kind of brushed that aside because again, my girlfriend is very excited and I'm like, okay, sure. You know what? I'm not going to call my girlfriend a liar or anything silly like that. Definitely in the back of my mind, I'm like, this is kind of sus, but that's okay. I'll just continue moving on. Um, So, you know, over time you know it's twice a week and i'm you know i'm going along i you know i didn't really believe the bible that much to be honest so i thought to myself okay this is a pretty logical way of looking at the bible and mm-hmm. their teachings seem to make sense and so I'm, okay sure i'll just continue going along with it um halfway through the class my girlfriend and i we break up and you know and she steps down and during this time i'll also give them credit where credit is due i was asking questions and i was asking a lot of them uh half the time they would say hey not yet we'll get to it later and then the other half they'll be like oh well what do you think what have you perceived and you know i was like okay and from my point of view I was like hey you know what i'll just give them a chance i think it's fair for them to build up their argument hmm. okay that's a pretty fair you know even in like mathematics you know you build up you don't mm-hmm. go straight to calculus. You, you need to learn addition, subtraction, then multiplication and all that stuff, and then you build up, right? Mm-hmm. So I knew that there was a big buildup. And another emphasis I want to make is they didn't make any mention about Shinchenji or their real identities. Not even six months in.
1: They were keeping that
0: secret. Exactly. So I make it all the way through the class. Um, and I did do a little bit of Googling uh, at the end of Intermediate, so that at the end of Jude. And I found out that they're SEJ, but at this point I'm fully indoctrinated. And I just, you know, I did a brief reading, but I didn't do like a deep dive research on this group because what I found out later was psychologically, they implanted a lot of phobias in me. They're like, oh, if you read anything online, they're all liars, slanders, you know, they're evil people and saying all these horrible things, you know, so yeah. I, I read it a little bit to know like, oh, I'm in, a, I'm in an SEJ Bible study, but I still followed through. Because yeah. I thought to myself, yeah.
1: So they 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 will just demonize any outside influence, any yep. any person or organization that has any sort of different yeah. view or perspective than them. And that's that's mm-hmm. such a um, a useful and obviously terrible and manipulative way to to keep you isolated and, exactly. and in their echo chamber.
0: Exactly. And after this, I was going to go over the bite info too. Maybe I'll mm-hmm. go through my whole story first and then I'll do the mm-hmm. bite info. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, that's a perfect analysis. So then I go through Revelation and so we go through Revelation and, um, you know, they give you the photo evidence of their fulfillment, their supposed fulfillment. They leave out the important details about like how Mon Lee was involved with the olive tree or, you know, things like that and i thought to myself all right this is where god is i guess this, the second coming is real jesus is using this guy to uh, you know bring the kingdom of heaven on earth and this is where it really actually becomes sinister um so like you said earlier half the people in the class who were pretending to be new students and were lying to me about their affiliation with Ji. and it turns out that they were doing uh thorough reports on conversations that I would have and the other members would have. And then there's um, this one video that I found to be truly disturbing, which was, which really goes into detail uh, about about just how much information this group collects on you. And I'm sending this to you now, one second.
1: So just for clarity's sake, what you're telling me is that you spent a year is that mm-hmm. correct in this class? Yep. And in that class, you were surrounded by uh, several leaves. other, or how many other people would you say there were with you in the um,
0: class? What I recall is like by the end of it, there's like probably a class sizes of like roughly 20 rounding. 20, okay. Half of them at least were leaves or people pretending to be first time students. Okay. And during this class, they also throw tests at you. So that means you're studying with these people. And these tests were like, you had to memorize the answers word for word, You even have to get sometimes their grammar, right? And otherwise they'll be marked down. Okay. And so it's pretty intense. And, yep. you know, so I get really close to these guys. And so half the people in the class were lying to me and reporting mm-hmm. on me and collecting information me screenshots of private conversations, you name it. And the worst part was, is that was the moment when I realized that my girlfriend or my now ex girlfriend was a part of this church and that the people who I viewed as my brothers and my sisters were lying to me about her and that hurt. And I want to make this clear. I'm not mad at them. I understand why they did. They were sincerely believing that they are just trying to save me, Mm -hmm. but you can imagine the betrayal of trust. Mm And I so what happens next? is that you have a passover where they sell the passover in shenzhenji is basically you graduate into the church and that uh they love bomb you really hard there they're like you're a precious first fruit one of the verses they use is james 118 born again of god's you know true seed and you're a precious first fruit all that stuff and i remember and, and another important detail to remember is when you join you're assigned a group and there's an assistant leader and a group leader And uh, my assistant leader was the guy who spied on me, basically, for that class. And, uh, yeah. So I remember going to leadership at this time and saying, hey, my ex-girlfriend's here. We're a relatively small group in the the Seattle branch. Can we uh, we just clear the air? You know, just maybe talk about this. This really hurts. And they essentially told me to suck it up. They're like, we don't want to be apart. We don't want to get in between you two. i'm sorry chris but you have to like get overcome it you know or suck it up Mm. and at the time i had a subconscious uh reaction to it where i just didn't trust any of the leadership and i would try you know even though i was fully indoctrinated at this point i i couldn't understand why i didn't trust them now that i'm out of it of course (laughs) it's so obvious yeah they lied to you for an entire year of course you can't trust them And another logical question now that I'm out of it is, okay, if if they're willing to lie like that and treat you like that for a new member, what else have they, well, honestly, changed and lied in the past? So, all right, so fast forward. uh, What happened is uh, that's October 2019, I joined this group. And then um, up until February of 2020, I'm very active, getting a little no sleep. I'm at the church all the time trying to help out studying, recruiting, you name it. And then COVID happened. And the interesting thing about COVID is, guess which group accidentally spread COVID in Korea? Our group. So it was our group. We were patient 31 where we accidentally spread COVID. Now, it wasn't intentional and it wasn't on purpose. We weren't trying to cause the world to end, nothing like that. Um, But when we accidentally spread COVID, we're a secretive group, all of a sudden globally, everybody knew about us. New York Times was publishing a secretive cult is accidentally spread COVID. And if you Google Shinchenji, that's a lot of articles are about that.
1: Yep. Yep. And I remember when so, that was yep. all kind of popping up on online.
0: Oh, yeah, especially with the work of World Mission Society. I'm sure it was definitely on your radar. Right?
1: Yep. Yeah, it definitely was.
0: So at that time, we stopped everything. Like from going basically seven days a week, it was like once or twice a week, Wednesday and Sunday. And at that time, things weren't that bad, actually. You know, I was studying the doctrines, but I wasn't pressured to do anything. I could breathe and have a normal life. And that was when I made that video of praising the okay. doctrines. Okay. That, that's an so- important context. mm mm-hmm.
1: So I'm, I'm curious, because you said that you kind of had that meeting, you obviously had growing concerns um, yeah. and were asking questions. And then, you know, they, they sort of responded by telling you to suck it up. So what yeah. what was it kind of what was going on in your mind at this point that kept mm-hmm. you in? Like, why were you right. even with all that happening? Why right. did you still decide to remain in, in SCJ?
0: Yeah, so that's where, like, basically, I'll just say the typical thing is I was brainwashed, sure. But there's a few things to kind of take in consideration. I did sincerely believe in their doctrines. I did sincerely think that, like, um, they had the highest truth. And I did sincerely think that, um, and these guys were like a second family to me, a weird manipulative family. But, you know, you spend so much time with them, you get to know them. And then I knew that if I were to leave, you know, I wouldn't be able to have as easy access to them yeah so there's a lot of you know it gave me a purpose and community and things like that yep yep and so yeah that's a big part of it too so that of course begs the question then why did i leave right because i was Mm -hmm. fully convinced and uh we'll get to that Mm -hmm. soon Mm -hmm. yeah hyphen it up all right so
1: yeah there you go stick around (laughs) stick
0: around for next episode (laughs) 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 oh man um so what happened was this, so I made that video. I'm super happy. I'm a full-time member. I'm being as active as possible. Things started kind of reopening. We started doing evangelizing online. We had Instagram accounts that didn't have any reference to Shintenji and we were reaching out to people. I still have uh, the Instagram account I used as evidence of how we didn't pronounce your Shintangi, And um, we started recruiting online and you know then we started doing the center classes that's the indoctrination class um you know at first it was only monday and thursday so this time i was sitting in on it as a spy reporting on people and um yeah and so that happened from basically throughout the year 2020 um what happened though? was then things started kind of picking up. We did activities. We call it Shining the Light. SCJ had a very bad press media. So to soften the PR blow, we tried to do a lot of volunteer work to show how great we are. So we started doing volunteer work like blood drives, food drives, things like that. And we would always try to reach out to the media. And for me personally, that was very shady and seedy because I'm like, why can't we just do this to bring glory to God? Mm-hmm. like why do we you know don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing
1: <laughs> right don't like, do your works before others to be seen by them
0: exactly have and your
1: rewards, yeah
0: so that was in the back of my mind and um the next thing then too is that like um the thing that really kind of kicked off me starting to do the thorough research was so in december 2020 i started dating another member and, you know, like I was happy about it. We went on the date; it was great. Um, we were working on a blood drive together. We got really close and I said, hey, let's grab dinner. Nothing, you know, too bad. And money at this time due to COVID, we we're meeting online, but it was one of the few rare times that we got to meet in person. Let's do that blood drive, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we grabbed dinner and the date went well. So out of joy, I tell people, I have a big mouth. I tell my group leader, my assistant leader, like, hey, guys, I'm dating this gal. She, we're equally yoked. She's in this group. Isn't that awesome? And their reaction was not what I expected. And I was just kind of like, whoa, wait a minute. What? Um, what they said was, um, so the assistant leader essentially gave me an hour-long speech of how it's better for me to remain single, quoting 1 Corinthians 7, to do God's work. And I was just kind of like, wait, what? Like, you guys told me to suck it up a few years ago, and now you're telling me this? And then my group leader, what he said was he gave me like a very long list of everything that could go wrong between the two of us. And, you know, they were never directly telling me not to date her, but they're making all these barriers and clearly pressuring us into it.
1: So what what was their motivation for that? Like, what was their concern? What were they trying Mm -hmm. to avoid?
0: Right. Like,
1: what were they worried about if if you were to mm -hmm. date her?
0: um they said that like i was still a spiritual baby that i was still a newcomer mind you i've been in this for like almost over a year to two years at this point Mm -hmm. and uh not including the indoctrination class and then they're like you know they're just like hey you know what if you guys cause spiritual harm um they made an emphasis on maybe you should wait six months before dating and then so the third round was I had like basically three interviews for this. The third round was of the region leader. And what the region leader told me was that I only had six months to marry ja- uh, my girlfriend, I'll say Jacqueline, and that um, I couldn't meet her in person due to COVID. And she, she and many others strongly recommended us to just wait six months because we weren't spiritually ready or mature enough. So, contrasting with how they treated me and my ex when I first joined to this, I was just kind of surprised. I was like, why why are you guys telling me this? Like, why are you guys trying to control who I date and how I date? When he told me initially to suck it up because he didn't want to get between uh, me and my ex. Like, I don't understand. And um, some of the things I read about cults was that they would always try to control you. Because my roommates, funny enough, they were re- watching a documentary about Nexium, and we were having discussion about Nexium and talking about how the control is very subtle over time. And that stuck with me in the back of my head. And so I was just kind of like, huh?" So I, that's when I was like, okay, let me go ahead and reevaluate this group again and see if what they have is truly the highest truth because if they have the highest truth it should withstand all scrutiny. Yep. And let's go ahead and start deep diving into the background and what Google has to say and like what other ex-members are saying because the fact that they had to tell me don't look them up is kind of a concern. Yeah. Yep. And so that was when I did my lot of research. I found a subreddit r/shintungi But you know, there's other ex leaders and ex members who aggregate there and they actually talk about their experiences and references and stuff like that with other articles and et cetera that speak out against the group. And I started reading some of those academic papers and I started reading and listening to some of the deconversion people or pastors from Korea who had their YouTube videos translated to English for subtitles. And over a period of time, I noticed a few things that were very important. And this is actually very important. I wish I brought this up in the beginning. Revelation 7, and a prophecy was unfulfilled and didn't happen the way it should have, as was taught. Mm-hmm. What was taught is that in Revelation 7, verses 1 through 8, it talks about the ceiling of the 144,000, 12,000 per tribe. So in Shenzhenji, what they do is they split up the world into 12 different regions. And uh, each region is a tribe, and they name them after the apostles. So. In Seattle, it's John Tribe, and the color is a green. What's supposed to happen first was there were supposed to be 12,000 sealed members, sealed meaning that they're basically pastors. And for each one, uh, that makes 144,000. And then after this, the Great Tribulation was supposed to start. What happened in reality was they called COVID 19 the Great Tribulation, they being Monili. And instead, what happened was um, seven out of the 12 tribes weren't fully sealed. And that one of the tribes didn't even have 12,000 members to begin with. And yet the Great Tribulation began. That's a failed prophecy. And they've actually updated their doctrines to try to counter this. And there's an ex-leader from South Africa who made a very thorough video calling out the updated doctrine, SCJ Skeptic. And he basically tears him a new one by quoting Moni Lee's own book to counter the updated doctrine. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, wait, what else have they uh, changed and updated? And so I started digging that subreddit helped a lot. There are members who, there's another member who got a 1985 book that's in Korean and he lists out some of the changes of their fulfillment. And some of the blogs, like the Truth About Shinjinji blog actually goes into that too so i was just kind of like whoa so after a lot of thorough research after reading every verse about a false prophet and how they would act perfectly lined up with what i saw and happened with sej i realized i needed to leave and uh my girlfriend she i talked to her i was like hey here are the verses here's what i've concluded she already wasn't really happy in the group to begin with to be honest you know because she like at this point we went from twice a week to like seven days a week of non-stop activities and going and going and going and going and tests Mm -hmm. and stuff and she was feeling burned out i was feeling burned out i was getting tired of having to date her in secret i didn't want to see her girlfriend i wanted a girlfriend who i'm like i'm dating her isn't this awesome and finally we were both like hey you know what here are the verses that talk about how a false prophet act let's read revelation seven. That didn't come into fruition. I don't think this is the highest truth and silly so both left and yeah.
1: So when was you... that, that you left,
0: uh, it was in July, last summer. In
1: July, July. Okay. Wow. So you had been in there by the time you had left, what was the total amount of time that you, you mm. were a member?
0: About two and a half years to three years. Like uh, I include the indoctrination class. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. Wow. So you, you mentioned that watching Kelsey's video, you, you Mm -hmm. came across Kelsey, who's a former member of the world mission society, church of God. Yeah. Uh, Again, group that's similar to, to the SCJ. And so Uh, maybe talk about that a little bit. You watched that and I guess at what point was that in your story when you saw that video and what impact did it have
0: on you? Yeah, absolutely. So it's kind of a long shot. Um, so when I started researching, so I did like six solid months of online research because I had to convince myself if this is the truth or not. And I wanted to just be like, okay, I obviously believe it. So I have a bias for it. Let's see what the counter has to say. So that was during that six month period. And I actually came across pastor Mike winger's video. Mm-hmm. Um, I, one of the things I was in the back of my mind was all oh, pastors don't have solid doctrine. So thanks to the YouTube algorithms, I found pastor Mike winger and turns out he has pretty solid doctrine <laughs> and actually came across his Trinity video mm-hmm. and, uh, his Trinity video. I listened to and I was like, wow, they actually have a real argument. Who would have thought crazy. And he even gets into Greek and I was like, wow. My cult never gets into the Greek. Um, So, and then I also noticed that he did a thing about World Mission Society, Church of God. I looked him up. I'm like, hey, it's another Korean cult. All right, cool. Let's go ahead and read up on uh, what they actually teach. I found their website. listened to the video. I'm like, whoa, this is very similar. It's got the whole parables and everything and Mm -hmm. control and coercion. And then eventually through the YouTube algorithm, I found your videos with Kelsey And she was from Seattle and all this stuff, too. And I'm like, oh, cool. Seattle, let's go. You know, and um, her story about how the moment that re-clicked with me was when she was being blamed for um, not being able to control the kids because they were being Mm -hmm. rowdy. I remember how I was being like basically disciplined because we didn't get media attention and how essentially it was, you know, the media's team's fault because we were not one with the heavens. Wow. And yeah, no, that didn't make sense. Wow. And there are other times too, during some of the tests where I would get the answer wrong and he'd be like, oh, well, clearly you don't have the right mindset. Uh-huh. I was like, I got a question wrong. Like, right?" But come on. <laughs> so
1: sh- shaming you and and, uh, yeah, making you feel less than for, for
0: mm-hmm.
1: not being spiritual enough kind of.
0: Yeah. And on top of that, doing it like, again, there's the seven days a week. I was feeling really burned out another really key important part of my story was so i had roommates we we're all pretty close and uh they would just be like chris you're locked away in your room all the time come out with us grab a beer with us grab some dinner with us we're playing some board games gallery rooms just for 30 minutes and my really some of my close friends would just be like hey chris how much time are you spending with this group and i'm like i don't think i'm spending that much time and they'd be like, no, dude, you're <laughs> you're in your room, stuck to your Zoom screen 24 seven. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that is kind of weird, huh? And you know, that slow, subtle repeating like, hey, Chris, why don't you just like hang out with us, spend some time with us, just little bits at a time and just planting that seed. I kind of realized they're right. I am spending a lot of time with this group. When is the last time I've seen my parents? When is the last time I see my brother or sister? Because again, when I made the video praising their doctrines, you're only doing it twice a week. So I actually had a life. But at this point in time in my story, I was doing it seven days a week. So I barely had a social life. And I, so re- yeah. mm-hmm.
1: the, Sorry to cut you off, but the, no. the seven days a week, was that something that was being like demanded of you and required? Or was it more just your choice at that, mm-hmm. that point that you wanted to be that heavily involved?
0: It was more like peer pressure. Again, they never directly tell you what to do, they just peer pressure the heck out of you. So what happened was, um, I was recruiting two other people in that indoctrination class on the Tuesday, Friday class. So essentially, uh, my originally, Tuesday and Friday were like my days off. And then that got sucked into the group. And so I was uh, sitting in the indoctrination class Monday, Tuesday, Thursday and Friday. Wednesday was the mandatory service. Saturday morning training. And then normally after that Saturday afternoons, we would have like events to invite people to. And then Sunday would be service. And then there would also be tests, a revelation tests, and things like that too. So slowly but surely over time, more and more of my time was just consumed.
1: Okay. So yeah. you mentioned your family, did it, mm-hmm. did being in the group impact your family relationships?
0: Thankfully, not really. I've always been kinda to myself and doing my own Chris adventures as I call them. Mm-hmm. But yep. my friends definitely noticed, Like, hey man, like, what's with that Bible study? Like, why is it so? Why do you keep it so down low and secretive? Yeah, that was a question oh. I consistently got.
1: Okay, so how how do you feel like it impacted you as a person? Mm-hmm. Like, did you did you feel like it? It, uh, I mean, when I look at what I see in the New Testament, what Jesus taught, it seems like the at least one of the core purposes or goals of the gospel uh, is to produce like a inward change to produce right. peace and so on in your life. And so do you feel like you experienced anything like that? Was there was mm-hmm. there any positive change in yourself that you saw um, right. or, or did you see negative
0: change? So, OK. At first, yeah, I did face great change. And I was like, even though I felt very depressed and crushed, at the same time, I felt like I had a greater purpose. And I was a part of a super cool secret society that uh, gave me a greater purpose. Um, And so I'll talk about some of the positives because I want to be as honest about this as possible. Um, It taught me discipline. It taught me time management. And uh, it taught me that how changing my mindset can truly make things Powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that tormented me every day was the lying. My parents would innocently ask me, How's your Bible study? What do you guys learn about? And I couldn't just tell them the truth. And that tore me apart every single day. And there's also other things where, like, um, even with some of my friends, you know, like one of my roommates I finally told, like, this is uh, when I was still involved he can kind of read my body language is like, okay, you're, every time we talk about religions and like high control groups, cause you know, they watched the Nexium documentary, you were squirming the entire time. Mm-hmm. What's going on, Chris, who is this group? And I told him, and that felt amazing. And I remember going to many arguments with my group leader and even my assistant leader being like, why can't we just be honest? Ironically, they're doing that now ish, but they're still kind of doing the secretive uh, deceptive stuff too. Again, it depends on the region where you're from. But I'm like, why can't we just be honest from the beginning? Mm-hmm. And that always tormented me from day one.
1: How, how did they respond to that?
0: Um, You know, again, like, oh, uh, we'll face persecution. People won't listen to us. And, um, you know, to a Jew be a Jew. And they just kept repeating that over and over again. Okay. 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 Yeah.
1: So do you feel like... Did you personally or did you see in others that um, SCJ relies on shame and fear tactics to control members?
0: Yeah, pretty much like in the moment. I didn't realize it but there's a lot of shaming and they call it discipline or earthquakes, you know, and uh, they always make sure they would they did these things called like mindset trainings um, mindset training This is back uh, when we were meeting in person. I remember this as if it was yesterday. It had a lot of guilt tripping and shaming involved where um, they told us to memorize this verse and then we would do a bunch of activities. And then at the end of this training, we were supposed to recite the verse in front of everybody. And so there's a room, everybody was lined up doing, um, you know when you like wall sit, you know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. So everybody's wall sitting and then there's different groups. So one group, I uh, went in the middle of this of this room and the leader was like okay can you recite this verse they couldn't and one of the, one of the ladies there started crying and this is just a specific example of shaming and there are other moments of shaming that kind of just grossed me out actually um one of the people who I Basically, got uh, into the indoctrination class. Uh, she was very wise. She's been around the block. She's she saw all the red flags. She was kind of curious, so she stuck around and stuff. Uh, she also got shamed a few times, and she's like, "Nope, that's not cool. I have boundaries. I already have a lot of red flags to see you later."
1: Yeah. Do you have um, Do you have mm-hmm. examples of that? Like, are any specific stories?
0: Yeah. So uh, you tell. Yeah, one of them was um, with the person I tried to recur, uh, she's drinking tea and she uh, essentially she's drinking tea for her health. And so there would be a lot of passive aggressive comments being like, oh, well, why are you drinking tea before the Lord? Why you wouldn't do that in front of the president? And so this is inside the indoctrination class. The teacher's calling out what I call my fruit in front of the entire class. And so it turns out that my fruit had health problems and she needed to drink that tea. So the teacher mm-hmm. did eventually apologize. There are other times where um, they could kind of do passive aggressive jabs where they're just like, oh, well, this happened to my girlfriend. Oh, well, some of you aren't smiling enough or aren't going to all of your meetings. So they never directly say who it is, but they do it in front of other people. Mm-hmm. And this is like a common theme where like maybe, for example, I would kind of like, at, I, I remember I asked very specific questions about doctrine changes um some of them i can't really explain without giving the full context but i'll just go ahead and list them off like one of them mm-hmm. being like there used to be two wars in revelation and then they updated three the revelation seven how the seal 12 tribes are supposed to happen first in the great tribulation things like that that i noticed and i would ask my uh group leader about that so uh one time the region leader came into our uh group cell meeting and basically through like a big fit about it. Like, Oh, how dare you ask these questions? This is the impression I got. And, you know, and, um, yeah. It's so just he kind of like, yeah.
1: aimed that at you then?
0: Yeah. They'll deny it of course, but yeah. essentially. Yeah. And it's because I was like, this is around the time when I started really being like, Hmm, you know, do these doctrines truly line up?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and I know this, this probably is going to play into mm-hmm. some of what you were wanting to talk about, uh, yeah. about the bite model. But I'm wondering if you, uh, and obviously we know the answer to this, but did you experience aspects of mind control in this group? And, and maybe yeah. could you talk some about that?
0: Yeah, there's a very specific example that comes to mind that kind of shows just how much of a, con- a grip they had on me. And uh, so it's February 2020. I'm in this Monday, Thursday class, and they're in Revelation. Um, I make this, uh, I'm celebrating a friend's birthday. Uh, you know, I'm in a different place. You know, we decide to go to a different town to celebrate the friend's birthday. And I just make a suggestion, like, hey, can I leave at 8.30? Normally, the classes start at 7 and then ends around, like, 9.30 or 10. I make the suggestion, like, hey, you know, I'm here for my friend. I'm still on the Zoom call, but let me just leave at 8.30. And I when I made that suggestion, there was a lot of guilt and sh- like a lot of guilt and shame that was kind of thrown my way. And then eventually at 9pm, uh, they said, Okay, fine, you can go. And uh, one of my friends, he went in the room during this, uh, during the class and stuff, They, Hey, there's a lot of food. There's a lot of like, you know, there's a lot of food, we want you to join us in the celebration of our friend's birthday. And, you know, what a SCJ member would say is like, oh, well, we didn't physically force you. But what they also drill into every single day is if you disobey the leadership, that's like disobeying God. And you don't want to disobey God. And on top of that, you know, you need a sacrifice for the greater good. So they drill that into you every single day, just like World Mission Society, just like what Kelsey was talking about. And so, yeah, you're right. They don't have a physical gun in their head, but they have a spiritual gun to your head. And it's a concept called spiritual abuse that describes it perfectly.
1: Mm -hmm. So did you, do you feel like you can relate to that term spiritual abuse? And do you feel like having left, do you see, um, or have you noticed the emotional or mental repercussions of that?
0: Yeah. Like, um, the cool thing about the bite model is that I can apply it to politics, to just societies, to a lot of different things. And yeah. honestly, it's just an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. That's what it really boils down to. So whether it's with the church or with the religion, even mainstream religions can get pretty abusive. But mm-hmm. the thing I liked about the bite model is that it's a good checklist of, okay, if there's an argument to be made that all religions are cults, sure. But how far down this checklist, does it yeah. become a healthy religion to a destructive group? Right. And the big thing that Stephen Hassan, the Byte Model author, would <laughs> say is deception's at the root of every single destructive group. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wait, how did I get recruited in this? Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> Deception.
0: So, yeah, yeah, huh? Weird. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, um, did you want to dive in at all to the Bite Model or or talk a little bit? Uh, about Um, aspects of that, that, um, that kind of stick out to you?
0: Sure. How are you feeling? Because I know that like, it's pretty late for you as well.
1: I'm, I'm great. Um, I I know we've, we've, we've gone for about an hour and 20 so we can, we can wrap up soon, but I, I mean, I can go as long as you're willing to go. So.
0: Oh, I, yeah. Uh, with a bite model, it's definitely, um, so a suggestion for parents and other people who may have a family or friend inside of this group or any high control group, I would strongly recommend that you look into Stephen Hassan's bite model and battling mm. mind control, because it's a good resource to understand what a cult member is going through mentally. And then uh, it's behavior, information, time, and emotion. So when a group is, sucks up seven hour, seven days of your time, essentially your entire life, the emotion part was that if you leave this group, you basically leave behind a family and then the information control is don't google us we'll give you an information that you need to know and then the behavior is well are these your will? is this your will or is this god's will? and so that's how sej in my experience is sej perfectly lined up with the byte model mm-hmm. and then there's also the deception part right yeah and so when a member is confronted with this fact they're going to dig their heels in if you say, hey, you're in cult, you need to leave. And so instead, a better way is kind of like what my roommate said. Hey, Chris, you're spending a lot of time with this group. Why don't you uh, come grab, like, you know, play a board game with us, play some games or whatever, you know? And, for, you know, and then there's also the idea of, like, um, basically, as Jesus says, love your enemy, except this isn't your enemy, and to love others. So love the person, respect them, and then gently remind them, hey, you're spending a lot of time with this group, or what do you think about the ex-members, or how much money are you spending uh, with this group?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So asking questions that cause them to do some self-reflection.
0: Exactly. And because, yeah, they keep them so busy. Cult or yeah. high control groups or cults keep them so busy, they don't have time for self-reflection.
1: Yeah. So related to the bite model, then uh, you Mm kind of mentioned, maybe somewhat of like a spectrum of of destructiveness within Mm -hmm. religious organizations. So what what do you think Mm -hmm. would differentiate, say, like a SCJ with more Mm -hmm. of what um, we'd maybe both classify as more of a healthy uh, church or, or religious organization?
0: So, with SEJ, everything is reported and everything's spied on. So, and there's a lot of like internal, like hiding and secretiveness, and most importantly, a lot of deception. So, that's a big red flag in itself. Another thing is is that uh, they always encourage you not to look things up online. They call it the tree of knowledge of good and evil, poison, just like World Mission Society. And other things is that more and more time is committed to this group and you don't really realize it. And the thing with Christianity that I find appealing is that it's by faith and grace you're saved versus with SEJ and these other high control groups. It's by a never ending amount of fear driven development. That's how you're saved and by your works. And you know, it's a very works-based salvation. And yeah, so I think those are like a lot of the main pillars that make SEJ very destructive. And yeah. the fact is, is that they're trying to kind of gaslight and sweep under the rug their past, crime, or their past sins instead of owning up to it. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You know?
1: So, so do you then have, are you having mm-hmm. left this group? Are you still in a um, place where you have some sort of faith or, or mm-hmm. relationship with the Bible? What, what mm-hmm. does that look like for you at this point?
0: Yeah, right now I've slowly reintroduced myself to the Bible and to a more healthy church. And um, I am definitely doing some research and my own homework and investigation about the early church, things like that. And a lot of Pastor Mike Winger's videos are actually very helpful, but I'm also going to look at the opposing bot side of like, there's a, you know, a famous book by Bart, a, uh, was it, misquoting Jesus, you know, things like Art that Urban, and yeah. kind of. Yeah, man yep. anyhow i want to look at both sides and yeah. uh yeah that's where i'm at right now and um other parts is like that, that really helped me was that um when i realized okay i need to leave this group i actually made sure to i had a lot of great friends and family who i told and were very supportive i also hunted down a specialized cult therapist who helped other people either leave abusive religion or uh, high control groups and i hunted one down and thankfully i had the resources to afford it and then i also told my closest friends who i trusted this is what's going on so then if i need to have if like you know initially i'm just like oh wow you know i felt like the rug was pulled underneath my feet right Mm -hmm. so if i needed to call someone i could and um the most important part is i listened to other ex-members testimonies like ex-jehovah witnesses and ex-mormons to see what they went through and how they felt and you know there's a lot of like panic and distress and things like that right and all these ex-members of these destructive groups felt the same way so because of that i was able to mentally prepare myself for what was going to happen and it made the jump a lot less painful.
1: Mm-hmm. So. Cause it wasn't all a surprise. You knew what to expect. Mm-hmm. Okay, so exactly. what, what are some things that you feel like, and maybe you don't have anything at this point, but what are some things if you do that you, you feel like you are still struggling with after having left and maybe still, hmm. are there things that you still are, are processing that you find difficult emotionally, mentally? Um, right. And more I think the reason I'd ask this is because thinking about the many other people who have had or are about to have a similar experience as as you in leaving the group and experiencing the, the trauma of of right. something like that, of having to separate from something that as messed up as it is, as uh, uh bad as it really is, still mm-hmm. you 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 know, this was like you you've kind of alluded to a family and and became um, you know your your identity as a person I would assume became largely wrapped up in in your attachment to this group and so right yeah so so kind of with other people in mind who are going to be experiencing that same difficult um, you know experience of having to separate from them, what what are some things that you're struggling with and and maybe what advice would you give to those people
0: yeah so i definitely kind of the okay so in psalms there's a phrase called sila when you read the book of psalms you know it says sila a few times and what it says and what it means is essentially stop and reflect Mm -hmm. and take your time the most important thing about leaving this high control group is to take your time when you leave when you leave of course cut them off you know there's <laughs> you know what i mean like basically flee but um be patient with yourself forgive yourself i mean you have to remember like with scj or mission society whatever there is a situation that came up and it's okay that you fell for this group mm-hmm. learn from the mistakes take your time and breathe and um, there's a ex-unification church member uh, who's also from Seattle. Hey, let's go figure. She made a very good video um, talking about how to heal. What she did was like she did journaling, she and things like that. And for me personally, definitely the psychiatrist, definitely like having a strong support network and things like that made the things a lot easier. But other things that I did to help the, make the jump was I wrote down the reason why I was leaving. And ultimately it was because I realized that it was all a lie Mm -hmm. and that it's better to live in an inconvenient truth than it is to live in a convenient lie. Mm -hmm. And so when I had that realization, I was like, all right, it's time to go. And over the last like six, seven months, whatever, there are days where it was hard, man. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Mm-hmm. But things have gone significantly better today than it was when when day one or day zero happened, you know mm-hmm. so there is hope, whether it's in a God which I still believe in Christ, I still believe Jesus is God, or whether it's in yourself and there's always going to be a light at the end of the tunnel and yeah that yeah. hopefully answered your question
1: <laughs> that does okay. that's very good that's very good so my my last question then would be what um what would you say then to people who are still and people who are still um convinced that they this is the highest truth um sure. if you had the opportunity to say you know something directly to these people what would that be
0: i mean the first thing is everyone can believe whatever they want freedom of religion is a beautiful thing in the u.s second thing is is isn't it kind of strange that they tell you not to google anything and isn't it kind of strange that they have a long history of deception and lying and you know like i would strongly recommend read the bite model book read the what the testimonies of ex members and because if this is the highest truth it should be able to withstand scrutiny yep. and as they're now becoming more open online and as they're now uploading their videos online, ask yourself why didn't they do that from the beginning? Yeah so yeah,
1: that's great so great questions great, great um overview I think that that you've given today, so is there any other uh points you want to make anything else you'd like to share?
0: I think I covered the things I wanted to talk about um I guess like uh, I have so many questions for you. Like, how did I yeah. do stuff like that? Yes. You know, like I know you're going to edit the video and stuff too. Uh-huh. Hopefully. Yeah. Like, um, that you know, one, I kinda... was... Hmm? No, it was
1: great. You, you I goofed up on
0: the lightning verse though. They might be like, Oh, this guy can't even quote the run verse. Right. You know, oh, you that's, that's fine. Segment. I,
1: th- yeah. that happens all the time. I, 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 <laughs> I knew immediately what verse you were referencing and what you meant. So yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. I obviously like, had a lot of time to think and process this. When I first reached mm-hmm. out to you, thankfully, I just wasn't ready. And when he did reach out to me back, like, hey, you want to do this it was like the perfect yeah. time. Um, yeah. Other resources, like I strongly recommend, like I mentioned the two blogs. They're very helpful and go in very good detail um the reddit is pretty helpful but reddit's like a forum so be careful yeah you know yeah
1: right you can get you can get lost in a place you don't want to end up probably
0: exactly it's a good community um you know it's kind of cool to see other ex-members um Mm -hmm. i get i did get connected with kelsey that and you know that's very helpful yeah you know and actually in the church i'm going to there's actually other ex-cult members from different cults in the area that helps so much really
1: uh, <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be nice yeah i've people i get asked a lot about like recommendations for churches uh from mm-hmm. especially members who um former members of the wms and so yeah i've i've considered like starting some sort of online bible study or something just because i i honestly Sometimes I feel nervous to suggest or recommend a church yeah. without being able to know because like even if it's an evangelical church that oftentimes like I don't I don't necessarily tr- trust evangelicalism <laughs> enough to just send somebody like that off into a church without me really knowing the people there and right. um so yeah that's something I get asked a lot about all the time and so it would be awesome if if there is a place like you're describing where there's ex-members that's perfect that would be a a perfect atmosphere i feel like for um because we
0: understand each other you know right like we and actually like this is definitely something i appreciate with your work and pastor might winger and all these other guys even the uh the cult podcast it's just that like you know obviously immediately the first thing people think of cult members is like oh you're stupid if you fall for it you're weak-minded you know things like that and it's just like i'm definitely a lot more sympathetic to other groups now like or sympathetic empathetic i get the two confused Mm -hmm. like people who are uh in domestic abusive relationships i used to be like why did he stay then but now i actually understand why they stayed Mm -hmm. and uh i now have a deeper understanding of like yeah just things like that and even being more acute and aware of um manipulation and the importance of boundaries yeah Oh man. If I had my boundary set up pretty much like when I first joined a church, if I had the boundaries, like, okay, you guys lied to me and you did all this. I don't, doesn't matter if you have the highest truth. See ya. You know? Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, I should have yeah. just done there it. I, no I could go back to time. Yeah. 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 It's just like, if you guys had the highest truth, just be honest. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. poisoned their own well. They really did. Unfortunately. Right. You know?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. That's, <laughs> um, Yeah, it's just I'm I'm learning more and thinking more about about these things and realizing. I, I think you made a great point that that ultimately what this boiled down to was a it was an abusive relationship is what yep. you were involved in and, and it's and I, I feel more and more convinced that this exists in um, so many varieties of mm-hmm. religious organizations and denominations and churches. And, and it's easy to just look at the the more obvious examples like the the, yeah. the cults, you know, like SCJ yeah. or um, the ones that are just they're just easier to pick on and easier to to point at. But really, um, I totally agree. Like this is not this is not something that only unintelligent people get get duped into joining, you know, this is yeah. any anybody Anybody could get wrapped up yeah. in, in something like this, whether it's whether it's an organization or getting wrapped up in a, you know, a relationship that mm-hmm. that's uh, has very similar abusive, emotional uh, patterns like, yeah. like these cults um, walk in. And so, yeah, I, I definitely agree that that and, and I think you made a great point just that this is not. Uh, Something to beat yourself up over if Mm -hmm. if somebody does get wrapped up in in one of these things
0: yeah, and it's just like um, Yeah, self-forgiveness is a big one and um, The best thing about leaving this group was uh, the first Sunday after we left right my girlfriend and I just went on a hike Uh, There's a volcano called Mount Rainier Um, It's a beautiful part of the Cascades we just took the day off and hiked, and we were just kind of laughing along because I mean, okay, to be fair, I'm a little bit more in shape than her, so I kind of gave her a little <laughs> bit of teasing about that, you know. But we we're just kind of laughing to ourselves. We we're just like, "Wow, we would have not even be able to do this." Mm-hmm. And um, I've actually traveled with her like we went to san francisco i introduced her to some family we went to new york recently we've been traveling driving around the current state in the northwest so that includes like portland and like uh i haven't gone to idaho yet but you know just small things like that where mm-hmm. i don't have to plan my life around another group yeah yes yeah, so right. refreshing
1: yeah it's like you you lose your self, like you lose you your self identity in these groups, yeah. and you kind of have to, to put on the hat of, of a SCJA member, and you have to, you have to become this entirely other person and sort of suppress your own.
0: Yeah, you know, Interest. goals
1: and desires and passions. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like, I mean, even before this group, like, okay, one of the good things I got out of this group was I definitely slowed down on the partying and stuff, which is good. And even Mm -hmm. now, I don't really, like, I don't go crazy with the the partying as I used to, which is really, really good. But even just, like, just being sincere and honest with people Mm -hmm. was something I couldn't do because I always had a hidden agenda trying to recruit them, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, now I'm, like, taking classes. I am taking a hermeneutics class. And I'm also learning a few languages, learning, like, Mandarin because I've always wanted to. And, you know, I just... Get to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, yeah. And this
1: is something like. Oh, like I'll be honest. Like I've I've grown up as a Christian, never been like involved in in what would be defined as a cult, right? Um, but but I have like more and more, um, especially over the past handful of years, seen like how. Again, it doesn't matter what organization or denomination you're in. Like you, these. Cult like tendencies can exist mm-hmm. and these these effects similar effects can exist in any um, Religious group and so like it's just exactly. been interesting as I've even s- in, in many many ways like um, Not like abandon my faith but detach myself from A lot of the like just the assumptions that I've lived with my whole life about right the, Like this this sort of ideology is the only true ideology. This is the only way to see mm-hmm. it. And these, do- these set established doctrines that the majority kind of agrees on, and it's the only way to see it. And and I've even kind of seen myself like regaining some of my um, like former just interest in like music and things that I, I like hate. always, you know, used to enjoy. And, and I kind of just had even just unconsciously been just suppressing or, or
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: for whatever reasons, whether th- thinking that those things are worldly or just, just,
0: <laughs> right, that's evil a, big or a waste one. of
1: time, whatever. Yeah. And, and so, like, it's been interesting and, and, um, satisfying too, to just kind of re, um, introduce myself, I guess, and, and, and kind of go back to some of those things and to realize, um, mm-hmm. how in many ways I feel like, yeah, I've, I've been sort of whether, whether it's, it's from the teachers I've listened to or for, I don't know, I'm not putting blame on, on any one mm-hmm. direction. Uh, it's it's as much my fault for how I've internalized doctrines and, and as it is anybody else's, but just, um, I do just think there's maybe more freedom and more, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Autonomy that, yeah. that we should experience. Uh, uh, you know, if even if these, you know, Jesus is, is the Christ. and, and Yeah. Um,
0: the way I yeah. kind of viewed it to justify things too is with Protestant Christianity, is decentralized. So because it's decentralized, you have a little bit of wiggle room. And mm-hmm. ironically, when I had all the answers to the Bible, for example, or at least I thought I did, I was... N- enslaved mm-hmm. and not free but now that like you know they're gonna be like oh you're just chasing up the world i'm like no i'm actually pursuing a relationship with christ right now mm-hmm. and maybe it's not seven days a week but you know like it is more like i get to do it more just breathing i can read the book of romans yeah without scramming through all of it you know in an hour yep. for a test or whatever right yeah <laughs> You know, I don't have to read Monty Lee's commentaries anymore. (laughs) I can read other commentaries and, you know, make a logical conclusion with the best of my ability with the prayer and Holy Spirit.